Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, happy to have you. Um, I actually want to jump onto some calls here before I move on to the next topics. Folks have been waiting, and so I want to want to check in in particular. want to talk to Bob uh, calling up next. Bob, welcome to the show. How are you? You know, my golden years have turned to rust. If I could figure out how to be a, a Democrat senator, then I can get the gold back. No kidding. Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. According to whatever, they give you gold if you're a Democrat senator. But what I think the economy is going to tip over as that... Uh, guy down there said about an island, I think the economy is going to tip over because of credit cards. Mm-hmm. Eh, think about it. What are they paying? 20%, 25% on the credit card? If you go to the grocery store, do you think all those people in front of you are putting in debit cards? I don't think so. There's a lot of credit cards. It It's coming to... We're going to tip over. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. The, our island is going to tip over. We're going to be like Guam, given the amount. I mean, the the unsustainable rate of credit card debt, particularly as interest rates grow go up. Bob, I appreciate that. It, it's a good point. The as interest rates continue to go up, credit card companies continue to raise their interest rates, continuing to make it harder and harder for Americans to pay their credit card minimum payments. Continue to go up. This is very much a situation like the national debt. The U.S. government keeps putting stuff on its credit card. As interest rates go up, their interest rate payment goes up as well. Their minimum payment that they have to make continues to climb, making it harder and harder to make the minimum payment without cutting into the rest of the budget. It's not a sustainable situation with all the economic turmoil already out there. Pierce, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Hey, Eric. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. You know, the credit card debt, we're talking about the national debt, and as interest rates go up, the interest on our national debt goes up. I read somewhere $34 trillion, we're going to be looking at a trillion dollars of our tax revenue just to service that mm-hmm. debt. But on the backside is an organization that's now um, five nations. It's called BRICS. Have you heard of this? Um, yes. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa have come into an agreement to do trading without the American dollar, to devalue the dollar. And as the dollar is devalued, those interest rates, it's not going to, you know, that's going to be the, the, the least of our worries because the, the less value the dollar has, it's going to be even harder for American households 
to make their mortgage payments even, to make even go out to get groceries. Um, and I think, if I'm, I'm, I might be wrong, but I believe there's five more nations that have joined in with that group. Um, Iran, Turkey, Italy, France, and maybe Germany have come into that agreement with them. And as they all trade without the dollar being that uh, international trade currency, that's going to hurt our dollar. Yeah. Okay. So let me explain. Uh, this, this is this is such a, a good point, Pierce, because it, it plays in everything else. I need to back up for historic context. When Ronald Reagan became president in 1981, uh, Reagan understood and his advisors really understood that uh, the communist regime of the Soviet Union was not sustainable because the communists rejected everything related to the free market. They, they rejected the free market. They rejected the benefits of the free market. And the result was the state controlled literally everything in the Soviet Union. Therefore, a capitalist society from the West had the money to be able to spend the Soviets into bankruptcy. You conduct an arms race. The Soviets pile into the arms race. They don't have the money reserves that the West had because they didn't have free market capitalism. They would go bankrupt. And Ronald Reagan brought the Soviet Union crashing down because it was financially unsustainable. The Chinese have been looking at our national debt. It now exceeds gross domestic product for the first time in history. And the Chinese view us in the same way we viewed the Soviets. And they believe they can spend us into bankruptcy. One of the backdoor ways the Chinese are doing this is they're trying to scrap the dollar as the reserve currency in the world. Now, what does that mean? Most countries in the world, when they engage in transactions around the world, those global transactions are actually done in dollars and then converted to other currency. The result is that the United States has the most stable currency on the planet because everybody uses it. The dollar isn't accepted everywhere. Because the dollar is accepted everywhere, it gets the most favorable exchange rate. And it it's not prone to bouts of, of hyperinflation or deflation in the value of the currency because it's, it's traded everywhere. It's, it's a stable currency. What the Chinese are doing with the BRIC nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and other countries in Africa and the Middle East, is they're trying to get them to trade in the Chinese currency instead. If you now have two reserve currencies in the world, well, that helps the Chinese currency get a better exchange rate in world transactions because it becomes more common. But it causes the American exchange rate to go up because the American dollar is not used as much. So how does that affect you? Well, when you buy a good that's manufactured in China, it's transacted on a global stage with an exchange rate that benefits the American dollar as the world's currency. So the United States has the lowest exchange rate. It costs less to convert other currency into the dollar and the dollar into other currency. There's not a premium. 
Well, as the dollar is less used as the world's reserve currency, that exchange rate goes higher and that cost is passed along to you. It means your costs go up. As your costs go up, it affects everything you do in life transaction-wise. When it comes to buying and selling products that are manufactured in other countries or selling uh, products to other countries, that matters tremendously. It prices you out of some markets. China is doing this to drive up our costs. They're doing it intentionally driving up our costs. They're doing it intentionally to try to hurt us financially because they want to do to us what we did to the Soviets. Now, there's a silver lining in this for all of us here. President Xi of China has rejected the free market reforms that prior Chinese administrations put in place. Prior Chinese administrations, they were not free market capitalists, but they understood they could get value out of free market capitalism. And so they allowed an entrepreneurial class to grow in China, and that entrepreneurial class raised a lot of Chinese people out of poverty. But President Xi understands what the West understands. Economic liberalism brings political liberalism. The problem is in the West, we think that's a good thing. Economic liberalism brings political liberalism. I don't mean liberal and progressive. I mean freedom. President Xi doesn't want political liberalism in China. Therefore, he has begun to crack down on economic liberalism. He's begun to shut down the entrepreneurial spirit of China. He's begun to punish entrepreneurs. He's begun to exert more state control over Chinese institutions, Chinese corporations, and the result is that China is becoming more economically unstable. Xi's not going to be able to live out his ambitions on the global stage by making his country even more beholden to the Chinese Communist Party. That's probably why he wants to escalate plans to go after Taiwan, but then that's going to hurt him further as the global Uh, stage imposes sanctions, and it's not going to be as easy to take Taiwan as he thinks. All of this stuff comes to a head eventually. But in the meantime, you do need to understand the Chinese are working with other countries to build alliances against us. China is trying to build itself up as a superpower to compete with us. They're trying to build an axis of evil of their own to replace the Soviet era to bring us into a new Cold War, that they are perfectly happy to turn hot. The Chinese already acknowledge fairly openly that they're behind a series of hacking attacks, that they're exploring our power grid, they're exploring our uh, national computer infrastructure, they're exploring our internet, finding backdoors into sensitive um, sites so that when the time comes, they can flip the switch and turn on our lights, shut down our hospitals, shut down our power grid, and put us in the dark. They're doing this, and we're allowing it to happen. I know it sounds conspiratorial to say this, but I am more and more convinced the Chinese are even exploiting our border. Our southern border, we have an eye on. Our northern border, the Chinese have been found to be crossing our northern border as well. The northern border between the United States and Canada is the largest border without a military presence in the world. It's a peaceful border between the Canadians and the Americans. Our border with Canada is the largest unfortified border on the planet. Increasingly in New England, however, we're finding illegal aliens coming across from Canada. 
sneaking across the border. In Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, a lot of uh, we found Chinese migrants coming across. They've been going into the Bahamas, I've told you this before, getting buying speedboats and rushing them onto the shore in the United States and fleeing in the middle of the night so the Border Patrol and, and Coast Guard can't catch them. We found people on the terror watch list coming across the border from Mexico. And if we, those are the ones we found, how many haven't we found? We probably have sleeper cells in this nation right now waiting for the Chinese government to send the signal to take out our power grid and to wreak havoc in this country because of Joe Biden's policies. This has been escalating since Biden took office. He's turned a blind eye to it. How many Americans are going to die because of Joe Biden's incompetence in dealing with the national security of this country? The Chinese are waging an economic war against us. They're waging a uh, war of subterfuge. They're waging a, an electronic war against this country. The only thing they're not doing is firing bullets and missiles yet. Those will go to Taiwan. And this administration is asleep at the switch. Several consecutive administrations have refused to deal with China as an actual enemy. They've wanted to trade. They've wanted to, they've wanted to put in tariffs. They've wanted to deal economically with China. They haven't wanted to deal with the actual issue. China views itself as not just our equal but better than us. And they're building a global alliance against us. And our leaders, left, right, and center, Republican and Democrat alike, have wanted the American giant to go back to sleep and get off the world stage. In the meantime, the Chinese influence creeps in, and the American people never have had explained to them that if the Chinese creep in and take over and we recede off the world stage and we go back to sleep like so many Americans want to do with an isolationist tendency— the exchange rate goes up, the cost of doing business goes up, the interest rate goes up, the availability of supplies around the world goes down. It hinders our ability to be the land of the free and the home of the brave if we allow the Chinese to be dominant. And so many people on both sides of the aisle are willing to let them do it and decide the world's problems are not ours. If the world's problems are not ours, they become China's. And you can say, let them deal with the problems, but the Chinese solution is not our solution. And their solution will work against us long term. It will cost us everything to go to sleep and let the Chinese dominate. But that seems to be what Joe Biden wants to let them do. Guys, if you're a small, mid-sized business, you're struggling with HR issues, you have employees not showing up, or you got to do a termination, you need onboarding of employees, maybe there's a sexual harassment complaint, you want an HR manager. You don't want to be the bad guy with your employees. Bambi can play the role of HR for you. $99 a month, available by phone, email, real-time chat, they do onboardings, terminations, they help your team members get to peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations regardless of which state. They're great. Now, they're U.S.-based. They you got somebody to talk to who's dedicated to your team. They give you access to HR expertise, and they add personal touches. So even though they're outsourced by your company, they really feel like they're a part of your team. That matters. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. When you sign up, it'll help my show. Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com, Eric Erickson in the podcast tab. 
Well, there is a debate tonight on Fox Business. It will be simulcast on Fox News. It's the second of the Republican debates. Donald Trump will be speaking to workers in Michigan. He's made the case to go speak to non-union workers, not to the UAW workers like Joe Biden. Um, We'll see what the other networks, how much coverage they give him uh, doing that while he made the mistake, I think, of doing the Tucker Carlson one that didn't give, give him a lot of airtime. Uh, but we'll see about the debate. Uh, you're not going to have Asa Hutchinson. You will have Doug Burgum, Chris Christie, Tim Scott, uh, Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Ron DeSantis. DeSantis will be in the center uh, because he's still in second place. The The way they organize it is the top guy in the polling is in the center. And then on either side, they go back and forth, left, right, uh, on the declining poll numbers. So Vivek is in second place to DeSantis, so will be on his uh, left, uh, Haley on his right, and then you'll probably have Pence and then Scott and then Christie and then Burgum. Burgum barely made it on the stage. Asa Hutchinson, Will Hill did not. They're refusing to get out, but they're not really candidates. Not, I keep saying Will, Will Hill is a friend of mine. Will Hurd is the candidate for president. Will Hurd is not a friend of mine. Uh, Will Hurd needs to get out of the race, as does Asa Hutchinson, and frankly, probably Doug Burgum, too. And I do wonder why Chris Christie isn't now running for Senate in New Jersey. Why not? It, it, it's like the former governor of um, Maryland. What's his name? Uh, the Republican governor, Larry Hogan. Why aren't you running for the Senate in Maryland? If you're so concerned about the future of the country, you're so concerned about having someone who will stand up to Donald Trump, why don't you run for the Senate? Try to get elected. Hold him accountable that way. Chris Christie, why don't you run for the Senate in New Jersey? I mean, uh, people are going to have to start making these tough options, but – Christie is hanging on for New Jersey. Nikki Haley has surged into second place there, according to the polling, as as DeSantis is free-falling in New Jersey, or in New New Hampshire. DeSantis is hanging on in Iowa, but Trump is beating everybody everywhere. All of them, however, still believe external circumstances could take Trump out of the race, which is why they're not getting out of the race. It's those external circumstances, the indictments. They, They still think he'd be carted off jail, and he could be, particularly in the classified documents case. That's the only really serious case out there, and it's actually really serious. We'll see where it heads. Right now, i got to tell you, with all the topsy-turvy turmoil in the markets and stuff, you may want to consider precious metals as a way to ease the ebbs and flows of the portfolio swings you see. Swiss America has been the trustless leader in precious metals for 40 years, and right now, my listeners, that would be you guys. You can get Walking Liberty half dollars for $13.50 from Swiss America. They are silver coins. They're minted by the U.S. Mint. They're like 99%, 99.9% silver coins. They're gorgeous coins from the U.S. Mint. You can get them from uh, Swiss America. Limit 250 coins per customer while supplies last. You can also get from them the War on Cash. It's a special report from them documenting what you can do to avoid getting in the trap of the government and businesses forcing you to use plastic and digital currency. What you do is you call or text 800-289-2646 or visit SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. Mention Eric when you call or text 800-289-2646 or visit SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. Message and data rates apply if you call or text 800 800- 289-2646. You can call or text my name, Eric, and get the Walking Liberty Half Dollar and the War on Cash special report.
Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I need to draw your attention to a very important story. It has come out and been updated in the last 24 hours by Bloomberg News. The year after Black Lives Matter protests, the S&P 100, the top 100 companies in America, added more than 300,000 jobs. 94% of them went to people of color. Now, there are a couple of angles to take here. Bloomberg News takes one of the predictable ones, that this is, this is good that this is diversifying corporate America. And corporate America is largely disproportionately white. It needs to diversify. And after the George Floyd situation, they did. The U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission requires companies with 100 or more employees to report their workforce demographics each year. Bloomberg obtained the 2020 and 2021 data for 88 S&P 100 companies and calculated overall U.S. job growth at those firms. In total, they increased their U.S. workforce by 323,094 people in 2021, the first year after the Black Lives Matters protests. The overall job growth included 20,524 white workers, the other 302,570 jobs, or 94% of the headcount increase, went to people of color. People of color make up a minority of the U.S. population and in most cases are underrepresented at big U.S. companies. In 2021, Hispanic, Asian, and black people made up a vast majority of the added workers, a trend that analysts say is necessary to overcome their historic underrepresentation. The biggest shifts happened in less senior job categories. White people held fewer of those jobs in 2021 than they did in 2020, whereas thousands of people of color were added to the ranks. But the trend continued up the job ladder and top high-paid jobs, too. Companies increased their racial diversity among executives, managers, and professionals. White people still hold a disproportionate share of the top highly-paid jobs in the U.S. at S&P 100 companies. But the share of executive, managerial, and professional roles held by people of color increased by about two percentage points compared to 2020, more than double the average annual gains at big and mid-sized U.S. companies in previous years. Now, now, you can acknowledge it is a good thing to bring in diverse groups of people, particularly uh, intellectual diversity. Unless you're in a company like, say, Chick-fil-A. If you're a Chick-fil-A, you, you've got a unique corporate culture that is faith-based. You don't want to bring in intellectual diversity outside of that. That's one of the, the qualms a lot of people have with Chick-fil-A, for example, having a DEI department. There's no need for a company like Chick-fil-A to have DEI because if you diversify uh, it, it, to the for the sake of diversity, you will begin to diversify intellectually. At some point, your company will come to loggerheads with diverse intellectual ideas between do we open on Sunday or not? Uh, do we represent uh, our faith as a company or not? Uh, do we share these common core values that this company's always had it, it could end a company like Chick-fil-A if they're not careful. But a Fortune 100 company of thousands of employees, that's less likely to happen. And there is something to be said for bringing in a diverse array of people.
Historically, in this country, college graduates have overwhelmingly been white. Uh, they have been favored in hiring, not necessarily because of the color of their skin, but because of their degrees and background. They get hired. They get promoted. And over time, corporate America is rather white. Having a diverse group of people come in over time and, and over and and begin to change the culture and diversify the culture, it's not really a bad thing. It can be discombobulating for people, but it's not bad. Except there's a problem. Let's go back to the key data point. This is really important that you understand this. The year after the George Floyd riots, they were in 2020, so this is 2021, the S&P 100 added 323,094 jobs. Of those 323,094 jobs, they hired 20,524 white people 302,570,000 non-white people, or 94% of the hires went to non-white people. White people make up over 60% of the country. So there had to be a bias. There had to be a willful bias against white workers. And you can't do that under federal employment discrimination law. You can't discriminate. You can't discriminate in your hiring practices based on race or sex or, or a host of other immutable issues. You can't discriminate. And the data on its face makes clear that there was discrimination. When you've got 323,094 available jobs and 94% go to non-white people who make up over 60% of the country racially, you have clearly willfully discriminated. Now, they can say it was because they need to diversify, that diversity is good. That's an acceptable excuse, except in employment law. You can't willfully, racially discriminate. You can't say no blacks allowed, and you can't say no whites allowed. And the S&P 100 businesses clearly said no whites allowed. And undoubtedly, no white men allowed. If you're on the left and, and the people, Bloomberg treats this as a great thing. Bloomberg treats this as, as a real success story. They don't even raise the red flag in their article that this is against the law. In fact, what they do is they talk about how we're not talking about this. The Fortune one, the, the S&P 100 companies, they don't want to talk about that they engaged in institutionalized racism against white people. 
in the name of getting rid of institutionalized racism against non-white people. That they claim that because they have so many white people in their corporations, it's a sign of institutional racism. The mere presence of white people makes the company institutionally racist. That is their argument. Except that argument falls in the face of what? Federal employment discrimination law. Nike is a clear-cut example of the overall trend. Black, Hispanic, and Asian people were added at almost every rank up and down the pipeline of the Beaverton, Oregon-based retailer. At the same time, the company lost white workers across the board. Amazon, which hired thousands of workers to meet demand from Americans stuck at home with stimulus checks, added people of all races and ethnicities across all job categories. Just over half the 200,000 workers that the company added in 2021 were black and Hispanic. Around a third of new managers and around a quarter of new executives were black and Hispanic. CVS Health Corporation looked similar to a typical company's growth in previous years. White people made up the majority of the job growth at the top, with people of color concentrated in low-level and often lower-paying jobs. The healthcare giant added 50,000 workers in 2021. Half were people of color, but most work in less senior roles. Apple was similar to Nike. Walmart CEO said the retailer was not as diverse as they wanted to be or aspired to be, while Nike and Lowe's were among many companies that joined 110, a group that aimed to get 1 million black employees middle-class jobs within a decade. Meta, Microsoft, Pepsi, and Lowe's were among 39 firms that increased the number of black workers across all the top high-paying job categories, professionals, managers, and executives. Part of me says good for them, that's good, but also the lawyer in me that used to do employment discrimination law on behalf of employers, typically not not for those who claim discrimination, I'm like, eh, 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 warning, 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 you're disproportionately hiring uh, percentage-wise based on economic demographics. Uh, this is ripe for a federal investigation. This is ripe for the EEOC to raid your offices, seize your documents, and see if you are willfully discriminating. Because if you're sending 95% of the jobs to non-white people who make up over 60% of the country, you're more likely than not breaking federal employment law. If I were a Republican administration, I would be sending the Department of Justice and the EEOC to raid Nike's corporate headquarters tomorrow, demanding access to their employment hiring practices. Black, Hispanic, and Asian people were added at almost every rank up and down the pipeline at the Beaverton, Oregon-based retailer. At the same time, the company lost white workers across the board. That sounds like intentional discrimination to me. Now, listen, I realize if you're on the left, you're progressive. If you're black, you're thinking, why is this bad? We've been shut out. Now we're, we're opening doors, and you're saying that's against law. But here's the problem. You live by employment discrimination laws. You die by employment discrimination laws. You can't discriminate against a black employee. You can't decide, I would rather have the white guy than the black guy. You're not allowed to do that. But you're not allowed to do the opposite either. You're not allowed to say, I'd rather have the black guy than the white guy. You're not allowed to do that. It's against the law. It's no wonder that at the end of this this story here, 
one of the things they talk about is how they're not really wanting to talk about this anymore. They don't, they don't want to talk about their DEI stuff. They don't want to talk about their racial changes. In fact, they're lamenting that DEI can become and has become deprioritized. Now, this is a key paragraph here. Companies are reticent to talk about progress that several years ago they might have been keen to acknowledge, according to Esther Silver Parker, an independent consultant whose previous roles included helping Walmart develop its diversity, equity, and inclusion program. Mentions of diversity, equity, and inclusion on earnings calls and at conferences among Russell 3000 index companies fell by 54% in the third quarter, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. None of the half-dozen companies with the most notable diversity gains wanted to discuss them in detail. The stance is just do what we need to do and not talk about it, Silver Parker said. Let's fly under the radar. Let's not call attention to ourselves, but we know we have a moral obligation and a workplace obligation. They're largely admitting in the subtext of this that they can't talk about it because they'll be acknowledging they're violating federal employment law. That's why they're not bragging about it. They, you know and I know darn well they would be bragging about it if they could, but they can't because it's a against federal law. This is so ripe for a federal investigation, it blows my mind. They're not giving up on DEI. They're just not talking about it because they know it hurts them with shareholders. They're not abandoning DEI. They're changing the name. They're not bragging about their racial discrimination. They're not bragging about it because they know they're breaking the law. This is so right for a federal investigation. The Democrats will never investigate this. You put a Republican back in the White House, this should be a day one investigation into corporations racially discriminating in this country. You can say it's necessary for diversity. You can, but if you say that, you have to change the law. You cannot ignore the law. And too many people who get upset when one side decides to ignore the law are perfectly fine in this case. You can't ignore the law. You have to live by the law. And these companies don't want to talk about how they broke the law. Now, before I get out of here, I want to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Uh, no, not the thunderstorm. I want to tell you about the fan. The fan is the thing that, you know, I've, I've told you about the air purifier for a while, and we couldn't talk about the fan because they were having supply chain problems like everyone else was when they were developing the fan. Well, now they've got the supply chain resolved, and you can get this great air purifier, well, air, air heater fan from Eden Pure. It doesn't use bulbs. You don't have to keep replacing bulbs. It uses copper coils, and it heats up, and it generates heat and airflow up to 33 feet. It can warm a room up to 1,000 square feet. It can also cool a room by circulating air rapidly and quietly. It does so very quietly. It's got several speeds. It's very lightweight. It's easy to move. You can angle the fan. I've used this on my front porch, which you're not supposed to. It's an indoor thing, but it worked on my front porch. You can do it too. It's the Eden Pure 360 air fan. It heats, it cools, it, it can heat up a room, cool down a room. It does so quietly. It's great. It's electric. You just plug it in and it works. You can get over $25 off the lowest price at EdenPureDeals.com. You use the discount code ERIC360, E-R-I-C-K 360. 
You go to EdenPureDeals.com and you you put in Eric 360. You get the Eden Pure 360 heater cooler fan for $25 off the lowest price, and you get free shipping. Again, it's EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is Eric360. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Todd, I'm going to take you as the last caller today. Welcome. Thanks so much, Eric. I uh, love your show. Uh, I appreciate you talking about what you were just talking about with um, you know, discrimination in the, in the workforce question I have for you is I've been applying for jobs now for about last year. And as a white male, I go and see exactly what you're talking about. I have to go and put down on every application. They ask whether or not I, you know, what my race is, what my gender is. Shouldn't that be not allowed? I, I, why should uh, they I, have to know? Shouldn't it just be you know, whoever's best for the jobs to get the job? Yes. This this is a, a phenomenal quirk of U.S. labor law. You're not allowed to discriminate, but employees or employers are required to collect the, the racial data um, to report to the government uh, demographics of corporations. That, so that they, they're required to collect this data. They don't necessarily have to do it in the job approval, the job application process, but let's be honest, what's going on here is they're using it to weed out the forums. They're, they're, they're looking at the forum. You check your, your white and your male, and they push you to the side, and they come up with other reasons to say they're pushing you to the side. The problem is there. I guarantee you there are going to be situations that are uncovered where a highly qualified person was pushed to the side for someone less qualified, uh, and the decision was made based on the racial data on the forum. That's discrimination, y'all. That actually is discrimination. And and I realize it's hard to wrap your mind around if you're non-white to say, well, but but we've been they've been treating us like this forever. John Roberts of the Supreme Court said the the solution to stop discriminating is to stop discriminating. The way to stop discriminating is to stop discriminating. If you're just doing it well, they had their day. Now we have our day. You're still breaking the law. You can't do that. Now, I know that there are people out there on the left who think this we've got to do this because we've got to diversify the Fortune 500. But you can't do that through illegal discrimination. I, I can't make it more clear that it is against the law to discriminate based on race in this country, and that includes against white people. That's the law of the 50 states and of the federal government. And it is pretty clear the for, the S&P 100 have been doing just that, discriminating against white people to boost the numbers of non-white people instead of looking at the qualifications and criteria of qualifications. And there should be a federal investigation. It's time for the House of Representatives to look into this.